Tuesday, November 14th. We're already halfway through the November month. That means it's less and less football on the horizon. Don't start with the pessimistic sadness. That should be me with, with how my team is going these days. I'm Blake the Cat Miller. That's Jake Bakke. We are the host of the Northside Story podcast. Week 10 is in the books, like I mentioned. We're going to go over all the matchups. We're going to go over... Um, the ascension of my team. We're going to talk about Jake's team falling apart. Stinker matchup of the week, which was our matchup of the week, but just bad teams. I was trying to think of a question on the spot for you, Jake, but there's really, I got nothing. What, uh, you know, okay, let's do one. this. Let's, let's, uh, are you going to stick with your Super Bowl matchup? What was it, the Saints versus the Chiefs? Chiefs will be there. I will allow you one, we will allow each other one change the rest of this year. Chiefs will be there. Watch. Are you going to go to the Vikings again? No, I'm not going to go to the Vikings. Mm. Chiefs will be there. I would love to say the. I would love to say the Lions. Is that the same? They're different, right? Yeah, that's mean? NL. They're in yeah. The NL. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the NL. NFC. Jeez, yeah. wrong sport, bud. NFC. Uh, but I don't want to go there. No, I'm just going to go. After watching the Niners like wake up after a bye mm-hmm. and to see them destroy, especially with chase young too. Like once they really figure out like their packages, they can throw with that pass rush. I just, I don't see, I don't see when they're at full strength, a team being able to beat them. So I'll, it's going to be chiefs. It'll be chiefs and Niners. And I still think for some stupid reason, I'm going to have to watch another Chiefs super bowl. Yeah, I I am not on the Chiefs still. I will continue to not be on the Chiefs. Um, oh, man, the AFC is so tough this year because there are so many good teams. I still think the Chiefs are a good team. I am off my Buffalo pick. I do not like the vibe of that team whatsoever. I haven't liked it for a few weeks. It wasn't just last night's loss. Um, but I, I have told you um, off off the pod that the Bills have just turned into kind of this dumpster fire of a team, dumpster fire of a defense. Josh Allen's just not taking care of the ball. And they also have the hardest schedule the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. Um, this is tough. Um, I might have to go against my uh, Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs. But I really do wow. like the way that um, defense is playing. Um, watching Kyle Van Noy last year on the Chargers being like a really good veteran presence for like God, he's been insane. He's been very good. Um, this year on the Ravens as like a midseason pickup, and so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Ravens in the AFC. Um, You're never gonna get the Dolphins respect. No, I'm not because I I don't trust. Um, let me know if Tua ever wins a playoff game. Um, and Lamar. Lamar has won playoff games. He just can't beat the Chargers in the playoffs. Um, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Uh, but I'll take Lamar and the Ravens in the AFC. I like how efficient they've been. Last week's game, I didn't watch much of it. It was kind of, I feel like, a very strange game, a very strange loss that kind of felt like they had it in the bag the entire time, and then the Browns came out of nowhere. Um, so I'll take 
the Ravens, and man, I was going to say the Niners too, because I did say the Eagles um, a few weeks back, but Philly didn't even make the World Series, and I had this whole point that the Phillies were going to win the World Series, and then it was going to translate into the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm going to go because the San Francisco Giants are going to get Shohei Otani, San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, catch the fever of the Bay Area, and I will take the Niners to beat Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson can't win when it counts. First matchup, we got the cat, hashtag nine lives. Gets the win, 105-81. Run runners goes to seven and three. Still in second place. I go to five and five. I'm in fifth place. And this one was bad. Like, it, the only reason why it looked so much so much more of like a commendable score out of me was the Javante Williams that that last uh that last game of the week against Buffalo the 19 point outing but man I, I I don't remember how it started in terms of like guys playing but there was a point where I was like projected to beat Nick by like 40 and then just Derrick Henry 2.5 Saquon Bartley 6.6 Marquis Brown, I think they all played. I think Derrick Henry was the was the morning, but Saquon and Saquon and and Hollywood were going on at the same time, and just what what lead I had um, with the the lead I had with with George Kittle uh, ballooning my stats. Uh, George Kittle waking up to the Colts defense ballooning my stats early in it, and then just seeing Travis Etienne just struggle. Uh, Aaron Jones didn't get anything going. Baker Mayfield played in the earlier slot. I I felt like I had such a comfortable lead in this matchup, but uh, this one is a lot closer than what it really was. Yeah, I, I feel like in general you – yeah, I feel like in general I, I would have been very comfortable in your position even while watching the other players on – or watching the players on, on my team kind of struggle in the 1 o'clock slate, but – yeah, I mean, already having Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones, Michael Pittman, uh, and Debo kind of go for the day, and the Saints defense only get one point. I feel like those are just players that just uh, bad, just bad weeks in general. Uh, going up against decent defenses, nothing crazy, but um, you know, Michael Pittman did have twelve points. He was, I guess, the the very early game. Um, but yeah, I mean, next team. We've kind of talked about it. Both him and Brian have kind of had these mediocre weeks. Brian, I believe, last week had a had a really good week. Uh, all those guys essentially score touchdowns. Um, and Nick just really hasn't had those types of weeks lately. He started the year off pretty hot with, I believe, the first two to three weeks being the most points in our league. And then I really feel like after that has just kind of gone down ever since. Um, well, and then in the inverse, too, my team, it seemed like struggled getting anywhere near – a hundred and we kept laughing about my team and my output. I think after this week, looking at standings, I think I outpaced Nick in points for, yeah, just, just slightly, but still it's just like a tale mm-hmm. of two halves. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been a rough go for it for Nick, but he still is seven and three. So, you know, he racked up those wins, even though, you know, most of them came by less than a few points. Um, you know, those are important to rack up in the middle part of the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, rough week for him. Um, and he, you know, he had Devonta Smith on a bye. He did have James Conner come back. Not that James Conner did anything special, but um, he'll have him the rest of the year. 
Um, I did say Cortland Sutton. I mean, that was a, an amazing catch um, for that touchdown. It was literally shoestring catch when it came to being right on in the end zone. Um, I did feel like he would have more points than Debo. Debo did. I think he had a rushing touchdown, correct? I was driving yes, to the Chargers did. game, so I, I didn't really see the highlights. But um, yeah, like an end around like he normally does. Nice. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, very similar stats. Um, I feel like in this day and age with how bad the Bills have been playing, you can kind of throw on Buffalo. And even in a game that had like swirling winds and not too much in the air, um, Cortland Sutton still put up 13. So, I don't know. I think going forward, I think Cortland Sutton someone that perhaps, um, you know, it can can be put in lineups, whether that is Nick trying to to make a trade. Um, you know, trade season is upon us, I believe. Trades are done in the next week or two. Um, so definitely get them out there. I would I would say for you specifically, Cortland Sutton could be a little could be a good uh, wide receiver for your squad. Definitely but, would be more confident in that. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so, but um, I don't really have any much to say about Nick's team. I think, I think it just, it's really, his team is very much predicated on whether or not Travis Etienne has a good game. Um, because we saw for four straight weeks, he was top running back in fantasy. Nick, I believe, won most of those matchups, even if they were by a point. Every point counts. Um, and Travis Etienne definitely um, took over. But when he doesn't have good weeks, I think this is what you get for the most part when it comes to next team. Yeah, and then one other note I want to – actually, I have two notes on my team. Just George Kittle, um, another big outing out of him, 21 points now, mm-hmm. three straight weeks, over 10 points. I it's We saw it a little bit last year um, where I feel like with the ins- insertion of Brock Purdy in this offense, there was like multiple games where they had that connection and you'd have these big blow up games. Granted this week was a little bit different. It wasn't nine target, nine catches uh, that he had in the Cincinnati. He only had three, but the touchdown and the yardage. Um, this is why I, this is why I traded for George Kittle. Um, George Kittle can be, has the lowest of lows in terms of a floor, but I play for these hot weeks where my team, I'm getting two points, uh, seven points, three points from my starting positions. George Kittle's a guy, one of those tight ends that can easily save you a week. And then, Jake, real quick, I have to ask you, I have a player on my bench that's had over 10 points in the last three weeks. His name is Najee Harris. What do I do with him? Do I play him? Um, No, definitely not next week at Cleveland. I think that's a matchup to where if Najee can show um, that he can get, you know, 14 to 15, 14 to 17 points like he's gotten the um, three out of the last four weeks. Um, then perhaps going forward you do, but I think this is a matchup next week for him um, that I can see it being a real struggle to get anything going on the ground. I'm playing. How Shargarian four and six gets the win over the notorious eight and two. Um, House Targaryen's in seventh place, Notorious is in first place. And you talk about a quarterback battle in this matchup. 30 points difference between uh quarterback duo Josh Allen first, Dak Prescott. Now, obviously you're gonna think Josh Josh Allen got that 40 burger, but no, it was Dak Prescott. Uh Dallas Cowboys offense, if they're playing against a, just a bad team, bad defensive team, just hammer it away. Like 
make sure you get the quarterback in. Now I know week one, uh, this is the second matchup, Dak against New York. And I know week one, he only had six points, but that was different. That was the weather. Uh, being at home, being up against a bad defensive team, this Giants team just kicks the crap out of teams. And Dak has been extremely hot as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, mid-20s, uh, the last three weeks prior to this, 28, 28, 24, but this 40-burger. And, I mean, that's before we even started recording, Jake. We talked to, we talked a little bit about CeeDee Lamb and him now being a top three wide receiver. Uh, it's, it's Dak. And Dak, I didn't think, I don't know, I didn't think Dak would be a guy um, that would that could just absolutely crush and win me weeks as a quarterback. Seeing more as a consistent guy, but I will say that I feel like the Cowboys in their offense, um, they can score in bunches. And right now, they cannot figure out that running game. Um, and we'll talk about when it gets to your matchup with Tony P. They can't figure out how to manufacture touchdowns on the ground mm-hmm. and. It's it's just the Dak Prescott show. Um, other notable outputs for Steph's team, pretty much just high teens across the board. Very consistent. Austin Eckler, 19 and a half. You'll touch on that. Boots on the ground at that game. You were there um, at SoFi. Oh, we, we talked about Ramondre Stevenson and just an absolute snooze fest. That perfect game that you're not going to wake up to see uh, with Indianapolis and New England. Unless you bet the under first half like I did. And what wow. an easy cash level. That's a what a breakfast waking up to that. <clears throat> it's true. Um, biggest kind of bummer, Adam Thielen. The wheels are falling off the Adam Thielen train. Uh, ever since week six, where he put up 23 points, we're looking at outings of 11, 5, and 7. Um, target share has dropped. Uh, I wouldn't say somewhat considerably, but decently. And 13, 13, 14 in the first uh, three out of the first six weeks. 11, 6, 10, not that much, but that offense just seems has to have grinded to a halt as well. Not a lot of touchdowns, and that's where he was making his bread and butter. But uh, that's Steph's team. Do, is there anything you want to touch on with Eckler? What's the what's the latest Austin Eckler report? My Jake? Austin, uh, the Austin Eckler report in, what is this week? Yeah, week 10. Um, very much the same as far as running the ball. Um, still being used, of course, as he should be. Um, on uh, through the air had a couple good screen uh, plays and a couple good, just good kind of uh, what's the term I'm looking for. Just basically when it comes to those check downs, like just saving them from, you know, um, long third downs or even getting first downs. But I, once again, I don't take a lot of stock into one yard touchdowns and the chargers have been, I don't know. I I think you watched that game. There were seven straight, attempts to get into the end zone from the one yard mm-hmm. line. Um, I guess that wasn't the one that Eckler scored. Cause that was a Quentin Johnson touchdown, but, um, but Eckler just in general. Yeah. Like he is someone that on the one, uh, like rarely, I, I mean, he does get, it's weird. Cause he gets in, but sometimes he's just so, so easy in a sense to like take down. I mean, he's hard to take down in space, but like between the tackles, he is someone that you can easily stuff at the goal line. Um, but Getting that one yard, he is someone um, that can be used at times. I don't know. They they did give it to the, him the ball a lot. 19 carries um, for 67 yards, 3.5, which isn't terrible. Um, but 19 carries, that's the most he's had all year. Against a pretty good Detroit Lions um, uh, line, and the the Chargers in general did a good job. Their offensive line did. But that, that game was just um, points through the air. For uh, for for specifically the Chargers, 
So I, yeah, going forward, Austin Eckler is still, of course, a great is a, is a good play. Um, but I, I think Adam Thielen, I think that's one really quick that is very interesting. Like you said, his target share has dropped. Um, they've just for I feel like for like a three to four week period, their offense looks pretty good. And then it's kind of just fallen off a cliff lately, and I'm not sure what's going on there, um, where they just can't get anything going. No running game. Um, Bryce Young does not look the best. It's not that he's, he's of course, not a bust or anything like that. <clears throat> but I just – nothing excites anyone, I feel like, out of Carolina. Uh, the only one I would like to touch on, and then we can go over to Trey's team, is Trey McBride. Looked really good um, as with Kyler as his quarterback. Um, caught, he had nine targets. He caught eight of them for 131 yards. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's a good – Steph did a great job of picking up a backup for Dallas Goddard, who's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Um, and I think she has a good tight end option in Trey McBride. We've kind of seen that with Dalton Kincaid. Um, I, I believe he's on Phillips's team. Uh, you have Trey McBride now on Steph's, so – yeah, I think uh, those two squads picking up good tight ends. You know, we, we've we kind of talked about this year on how tight ends have been hard to come by. I feel like the majority of teams in our league have good tight ends. Um, we have, just looking around here, I mean, Phil has two. He's got Andrews and Laporta. Phillips now has um, Kincaid. You have George Kittle. Uh, Nick does not have a good tight end. Sam has Taysom Hill, who didn't have a great game. Um, but I think he is still a viable option. Brian still has uh, Mr. Consistent. Oh, you know, Evan Ingram's kind of fallen off a cliff as well. But uh, Cole Komet, who's had flashes of, you know, 15 to 20 point games. You have Trey, who's got TJ. Now we have Trey McBride. I believe he's kind of entered that conversation as a top 10 tight end. Shane with Dalton Schultz and myself with Travis Kelsey. So I, I feel like the, the years of only having three tight ends um, are going to start. We're going to start seeing, I think in the foreseeable future, I do remember, and I don't want to get down too much of a rabbit hole. Uh, this past draft, the chargers, I really wanted them to draft a tight end because there was a lot of good young tight ends. Um, and so I think, I think we're looking at, um, you know, each team being able to actually fill in the tight end spot with a, with a viable option. I mean, you look at that catch in that Raiders game um, from that mayor. Yeah, Michael Mayer. Yeah, he was the one guy out of Notre Dame where I was interested in the Chargers drafting as well. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the talent's there for tight ends. It seems like there's definitely – you're still going to get your Iowa tight ends that are going to be, like, blocking machines. But, I mean, look at George Gittle. I know he's from Iowa. TJ Hawkinson. But, like, yeah, it just seems – Sam LaPorta, yeah, yeah, all those guys. It seems like uh, tight ends, and we were seeing in college too with that Brock Bowers guy. Like, Yeah, he's going to be one next year that's going to probably – depends on where he gets drafted, I guess, as far as like the offense. Um, but I, I could see him being kind of that Kyle Pitts, like oh, I'm going to take him in like the fourth, third or fourth round because he's so good. Yeah, so – maybe maybe that we're not going to be talking about tight end like pitfalls and just – that it seems that like we've been talking about this year. Some big uh, names have come up. Trey McBride's definitely one of them. Um, Torius team. Tyler Lockett, boom play. Easy. It was yeah, just... we, we talked about that as him being someone. I, I believe I said that he was going to score the most points on Trey's team this week. Yeah. Um, and, you know, TJ had a really big game and so did Mike Evans. But he did beat out the running backs and he beat out Jacoby. Mike Evans, I... 
I hate watching Tampa Bay games because you know Mike Evans is <laughs> anytime they they pan up the the screen and you they're like waiting for the ball to come down. Mike Evans is coming up with the catch. All right, so he's always and he's always right angry there. and like mad when he does it. There was one play he had some like sick play on the sideline. He was just, I don't know. Mike Evans continues to just be this like reliable either like Tyreek Tyreek Hill esque where it's like no matter what, he's banking on a touchdown or he's just going to late in the game when he's struggling, he's going to hit like a 50 yard bomb and then get you near 10, 11 points. Um, Jacoby Myers is fitting kind of a similar role, but the opposite um, where there's weeks where there's a consistency of these big touchdown plays or Mm -hmm. I mean, or there's these weeks where he absolutely drops duds, four points, two points. We got another three point here. And this is a game where there was just no offense, which makes sense. I mean, yeah, two... I mean, I, I really do think that this was more uh, matchup than anything. Um, yeah. The Jacoby's in the slot, and most of the time, uh, Sauce Gardner plays in the slot um, and plays those kinds of uh, those guys. I really, I'm not sure going forward. You could tell this game uh, they definitely made a, a point to to involve Devonte a lot more. Um, I think that first drive he had like four or five targets and they yeah. were just chucking him the ball and he was catching most of them. And I think that might be going forward, just kind of what happens. Um, but I'm, I wouldn't be too nervous about Jacoby. I still think he's, he's, you know, a good spot, a good option. I would maybe drop him to the flex now and put Mike Evans in that number two slot and see who Trey can put in for that flex. But um yeah, I think for for Jacoby himself, um, it'll be interesting to see going forward what that offense looks like. And you, you talked about too uh, with Trey's team; he's always catching teams at their worst, and mm-hmm. this is just the inverse of it, where he put up a one twenty three, and I would say in most matchups this week, except we had some a couple high point scores, but still upper ha- upper half of the most points f- yeah. scored. This week, just a bad draw. And usually every team at some point in the season, you get it. Like, whether yeah, you're at I mean, the very he's end lucky the that top. it took him 10 weeks to to put up 120 and lose um, yeah. because it hasn't happened this entire year. And if you want to be honest, like if Jack Prescott just has 25 points, uh, then Trey is looking at a win. So mm-hmm. um, actually really quick, I, I just want to touch on one player. What the hell is going on <clears throat> with Josh Allen? Uh, Josh Allen has been, for fantasy purposes, Trey's been Trey's been extremely lucky when it comes to Josh Allen because Josh Allen is the only reason why these numbers have kind of been skewed is these three yard touchdown runs um, that he just happens to roll out. I don't know why defenses aren't playing a spy or having someone just on Josh Allen because it's the same play every single time. Um, but you're looking at 14.3 this week, and without that one yard, two yard rushing touchdown, you're looking at less than 10 points. Um, very interesting. He's turned the ball over a ton lately. We're looking at three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 11 picks this year, and three fumbles lost. Um, just a turnover machine. Now, of course, for fantasy purposes, he's going to get you a ton of points because they just throw the ball so much. Um, they ran the ball a little bit yes or yeah the game yesterday but going forward it very it really does beg to ask like do you try to stack to and Tyreek in like very high scoring 
matchups or do you just you just go with go with Josh Allen and know that you know he's still going to get you a good a good number no matter what it's tough because like that strategy is definitely nice you want that double stack but I think since he has a relatively well-rounded team like Rashad White has been picking it up Josh Mm -hmm. Jacobs in terms of with this new coaching regime he's back to that like he's gonna have so much volume that he may not get that touchdown but he's definitely going to be near 70, 90 yards a game, and he's probably mm-hmm. going to get some through the air. So there's a lot of consistency with this team that if he's rolling out Tyreek and Tua and just by some stroke of a miracle, it's a bad offensive game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just don't, I don't think the risk is worth the reward of doubling up right now. I think Josh Allen, like you mentioned, he keeps getting lucked out with these little rushing touchdowns, but I'm still prone to believe that I'm still prone to believe that they'll be able to figure it out there. And even with the amount of interceptions that you're mentioning, I still ultimately think that this week was definitely an aberration for some reason. There's like good teams that can beat good teams, but there's some, there's always teams like good teams just can't beat just bad teams. And for some reason, it's this Buffalo Bills team right now. Um, mm-hmm. They got they got a rematch against the Jets and a big one against Philadelphia. I, I I'm tend to believe that's usually where Josh Allen strives in these like big these big games, not the, like these random ones in Denver where they're supposed to win. So I'm rolling sure. with Josh Allen. I continue to roll with him, and while it's tasty doubling up, I just don't think his team needs it. Yeah, I, I do think next week's a very interesting, um, very interesting game because you're looking at, and I will say this: the Raiders' defense has been playing pretty well the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, at home against the Raiders or Josh Allen, I know it's at home, but going up against a very good defense, Josh Allen's worst week this year was against the Jets. Uh, he had nine points, so. Very interesting, I think, going forward for Trey uh, to see um, as far as a quarterback. Would love to try and get some sort of trade for either two or Russell, knowing my quarterback situation. But um, Trey drops it to Steph. He goes to eight and two. Steph with a big win to prop her up at four. What is it? Sorry, four and six. All right, let's get this one over with. Alvin and the Chipmunks, 99.96. Two QB sneaks, 152. Just your standard 152. Uh, Shane going to 6-4. and four. I dropped to 3-7. and seven. On a big losing streak here after kind of climbing back up into some sort of contention. I believe I've lost three straight now. Um... Just, I will say this. I'll start out with my team when it comes to this player. Tony Pollard, um, dead to me. Woof. Uh, dead to me. And it sucks, too, because I, I didn't watch any of that game. But I can only imagine looking at my phone and seeing, like, Tony Pollard um, uh, rushes for one yard on the Dallas, or on the Giants' th- 30-yard line. And then seeing like Dak Prescott throws two yard touchdown to Jake Ferguson or something like that. And like, I'm so glad I didn't watch that game because not that it really wouldn't have mattered because Shane had a crazy good week. Uh, thanks to two players that absolutely dominated. 
Um, <clears throat> but just like no running game in that offense. Um, and once again, 15 carries for 55 yards. It's not like it's the worst thing, but it's also no catches, which is just not what Tony Pollard, even before I got him, he was getting four catches, six catches. Um, in the last three weeks, though, since I've had him, one catch, three catches, zero catches. And all 50-yard performances on the ground, it's just it's not going to get it done whatsoever. Um, and he will be riding the bench going forward. Yeah, definitely that was the the big point in your trade acquiring him was Tony Pollard. Yeah. Started off the year. I wouldn't say like burning hot, but I mean, after week one, 21, 16, 13, and you saw that bell cow, you saw that, that extra perceived value that we were all thinking that he was going to have this year, having the backfield to himself. And we saw 14 carries first week kind of low, but you're getting 25 carries, seven, seven catches. Mm-hmm. 23 carries, three catches. And then ever since then, you're looking at 14 touches, 12 touches, 21 touches against the Chargers by, but then you're getting 15. That That is not, that's not going to work. And right now, whatever this, this weird dry spell that's going on in the red zone and him not being able to cash in on these, like all these looks, like Dallas's offense is moving the ball. Like, there's plenty of opportunities. Yeah. Five ten. That was mm-hmm. his strong suit. He was always the guy that get him speed. Like, like it. it he was more of like a chunk. He was your chunk running back, where it was like these eight yard carries, fifteen yard carries. But for whatever reason, I, I for whatever reason, it's just not there for him. So I can see that frustration. Yeah. Um. All I really need, wanted in that trade with Nick was just for Tony Pollard to be better than Aaron Jones. That was essentially it. Like I was fine with just letting go of Michael Pittman. Cause I didn't really see a spot for him on my team. Um. And so I was just like, I just need Tony Pollard to be better than Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones hasn't really been anything, but Tony Pollard has definitely been worse. So um, we'll see going forward if he does anything, but he won't be getting points where it counts. Uh, the other two plays, I ended up playing Will Levis over Lamar. Was not a good play, but was just trying for something. Was hoping, not that you know Will Levis was going to turn into C.J. Stroud and drop 40 points on the Tampa Bay defense, but I was hoping Will Levis definitely would have more than six points. I will say the first drive looked great. He got him in a field goal range. They got three. He had like six points in the first drive, and I was like, all right, like here we go. And then I don't think he had anything after that as far as because I think he turned the ball over once, whether it was a fumble or a pick, but just he won't be on my team going forward. Gerald Everett, I had as many points as Gerald Everett on Sunday. Um, wow. Just not a good, just nothing there. I just can't wait till the Chargers have like an actual tight end that's uh, not just a red zone threat, but a guy that can be used throughout the entire um, area. But the rest of the team was good. I mean, Alvin Kamara, 15 points. Jonathan Taylor, 14 Garrett Wilson, 13, picked up Tyler Boyd because T. Higgins was out. And I felt like that would be some sort of, I didn't think it would be a 57-point game because of Baki's bets. Um, but Tyler Boyd, 15.7. He also dropped a wide-open touchdown in the end zone. Um, that would have you know put him up around 20, 21 points. So the rest of the team is good. I think going forward, I would like to see perhaps Jerome Ford's going to be on the starting lineup. Um, Amari Cooper has been uh, a good 
fantasy wide receiver this year. I wouldn't say he's been awesome, but you're looking at three straight weeks with more than um, essentially 12 points. Um, and then four of the last five, he's had more than 12. So, um, you know, he is someone that um, um, Deshaun Watson definitely targets out of anyone. Um, and I think if they want to continue to win, he's going to need to to definitely be a big time player in that offense. Not looking forward to starting two Cleveland Browns. Um, but, you know, next week I also have my starting running backs on buys. So um, we'll take it from there. But, yeah, anything else you want to touch on my team? Yeah, I think this is, like you mentioned, I think in our in the matchup analysis, you needed to sneak by this win. I mean, this is kind of – you got Travis Kelsey, who's been slow as of late, and A.J. Brown, who one of those guys that absolutely win you weeks. And these are the kind of ones we like, hey, you know what? Top two guys are out. I got question marks at quarterback. Um, QB sneaks. I mean, he's five and four, but um, like at, fully, it's a team. Like no buy. Like no, I guess Puka yeah. was on a buy, but like nobody else really on buys that were going to like severely affect his team. Yeah. And um, this is a week that would have been nice for you to squeak out, but yeah, 152. What are you, what are you going to do, can't about, do that? about that? Can't do anything about that. CD Lamb, Keenan Allen, two of like. Was it number five? What's Keenan? Number three. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I, and that's <laughs> like these these matchups. Like I would much rather lose 152 um, to, to 99 than 102 to 99. And I made, you know, a decision that bit me in the ass. Like I have two losses this year that are on me and not because the other team that I played had a good week. Um so when you go up against someone with a very good team and you look at your phone at the one o'clock games, um, you're at the game and watching Keenan Allen just dominate. And you're like, yeah, this is pretty much what I expected. Um, mm-hmm. And then you keep on looking at your phone at the Dallas game and you see points are being scored. Um, and then you're like, oh, please be Tony Pollard. And then it's CeeDee Lamb scored. has like three touchdowns or two touchdowns, whatever he had. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, well, you know what? <clears throat> Wasn't even really close going into the one o'clock games. But it's official. I dropped two, three, and seven. As Shane goes to six and four, but um, yeah, I mean, as Shane is definitely, and we were talking a little bit before. I really do think that he has a team to beat going forward because I still think that he has a good buy. So if he loses a player for whatever reason due to injury, you can kind of plug in some guys. Um, but I just I don't see a lot of weaknesses on his team. I think Dalton Schultz has really turned into a serviceable tight end, um, and that was really his only weakness. And I kind of kept on kept tabs a little bit on that Texas Cincinnati game and noticed like similar to George Kittle, he was just getting yards in bulk, like a catch for 19 yards, um, one catch for 22 yards, stuff like that. I mean, he only had four catches, but he had 71 yards. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think going forward to Shane definitely has a team uh, that's going to be hard to top. Doesn't matter how you do it, stinkers happen and you got to win them out. Fitch, six and four, gets a loss. The 87 points loses to Team Mercier, five and five, 92 points. Not a lot of points scored here, Jake. Uh, it was a battle of a battle of just, I guess, like last minute touchdowns. Um, a lot of every week, a lot of uh, Sands points come from Cincinnati's offense. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Talked about, I thought this was going to be a spot where they were going to be competitive. They were both going to hit projections. They both did. I think it was, you're looking at 27 points uh, Cincinnati scored. 
a lot of those points could have been salvaged uh, through interceptions to one like huge interception uh, for Joe Burrow that obviously costs way more in the game than it did does in fantasy. But mm-hmm. put those back on the board. You're looking at 26 points. It's a pretty good outing for Joe Burrow, who's consistently has been um, better as of late, getting at least 20, around 20 um, last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Alexander Madison got banked up. And if you go on the waiver right waiver wire right now, they're doing projections. They already had that Ty Chandler guy, like 12 or something. So it's looking like maybe Alexander Madison may be uh, missing next week. 3.8. She continues to plug him in the lineup. I know he had 16 points last week, but please, Sam, stop doing that to yourself. Stefan Diggs is a big shocker here, but, I mean, when that team's going to struggle, the Buffalo Bills is going to struggle and they can't move the ball. You still always felt like Stefan Diggs was going to hit, like get his, get his number. But um, there are some weeks. I mean, even look at week two where he only had 10 points. Way more he was involved, 66, 66 yards, seven catches, nothing to sneeze at. But this past week, going three for 34, easily his lowest uh, yardage of the, of the season. And it, I, I, at the end of the day, it was enough. It was enough because of Joe Burrow. And it was enough because of David Montgomery. First game back, questions on what his involvement was going to be coming after being out the last two, coming in after bye. It's the same old, same old with David Montgomery. 12, 12 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Going up against that vaulted Chargers defense that Jake has been talking about. But uh, and then Dallas Cowboys defense um, with 10 points as well. So... Nothing crazy because obviously it's ninety-two points, but big outings out of uh, those those three those three four picks that she did. Yeah, Dan Montgomery had one giant run, um, the seventy-five yarder. Um, between the tackles, the Chargers are much improved. Anything on the outside because their corners are so bad and they can't stop the run on the outside, um, which the Lions did an amazing job. Every single run that was long or they picked up on a conversion. Um, for the most part, we're all outside of the tackles. Um, but yeah, he he definitely he had a good game. Um, and like I said, most of it was kind of anchored down by one rush for 75. Um, but yeah, the rest of Sam's team just I mean, yeah, Stefan Diggs to, to win a week where Stefan Diggs only gets you 4.9 points is impressive only because that doesn't happen very often. Um, usually when your best player gets you less than five points, you're looking at an easy loss, but she just happened to go up against uh, the second, you know, worst team of the week in Brian's team. Um, and this is something that, you know, it definitely bit me in the ass last week after talking about his team. But once again, just like not really having anyone that scores touchdowns on a consistent basis. Definitely nice to see Chris Olave get back in the end zone. You can probably talk about that a little bit more because I believe Jameis threw him the ball. Jameis. I mean, that whole game, Carr, he only had one catch with Carr for like seven yards. Mm. Everything else came through Jameis Winston. So if you're Brian or if you're a Chris Olave owner, you got to hope that like Derek Carr is done for the season. Um, Unfortunately for the Saints, um, they're going to be even, I guess for fantasy, they're going to be an even worse defense. Because it looks like uh, reports are that uh, 
Marshawn Lattimore suffered a significant injury. Mm. And then Chris Olave is going to be even more of a focal point of the offense with the um, injury of Michael Thomas, which is appears to be very serious as well. So that wide receiver room shrinking. Chris Olave is going to be more of a feature. But with Derek Carr and his – it's, it, it's always weird. It's always weird with – um watching quarterbacks go like you watch the first half or you watch them play with one quarterback and it seems like this offensive line stinks and then Jameis Winston was out there and it seemed like he just had an extra like step or a breath and he was able to really get underneath his throws and throw it the problem though is with Jameis Winston is that you're going to get the yardage but you may lose out on touchdowns because he is throwing the ball away, like middle of the field. But Chris Olave, if you're an owner, if you're if you're Brian, if Jameis Winston's plugged in, uh, coming in, coming off the bye, then you're you're pretty excited because you got that guy that you drafted. Yeah, um, yeah. I think there are going to be some weeks though where where just the gunslinger of Jameis is. Uh... Yeah, we'll see going forward. And I mean, and with Justin Jefferson, um, he tried to get back this week. Um, it looks like he might be back next week. Um, and with those two guys plugged in, um, who knows for Brian's team? I still think we're looking at a team that's going to be around the fifth or sixth spot. Um, and I don't have a schedule going forward, but you know, when you get a Jalen Hurts um, back in there, I will say James Cook looked pretty good when he had the ball in his hands. Now he did fumble and lost one. He also fumbled and it bounced right back to him in the fourth quarter, but he rushed for, he had 12 carries. He had 109 yards, um, averaged out at 9.1, a carry. He looked pretty good. Didn't get into the end zone, but felt like the, the benching was a little much as far as like first play. And then you just don't really see the ball until the third quarter, essentially. Um, I think once they were down and they realized they needed all their weapons, um, then they, you know, really started. They're like, you know what? I guess we'll put them back in there. Um, I kind of hate that line of coaching. Like I get it. You want to make an example of hold on to the ball, but also like only, you know, playing your players when it's convenient to you. And when you really need them, I would have thrown them right back in there. Cause you could just tell he has just so much more of course than someone like Latavius. Latavius is great inside the five, but James Cook should be used from the 20 and then all the way down. Um, and if you really need a goal line back to punch it in, then, of course, use Latavius. But James Cook looked good. Gus Edwards gets his one rushing touchdown. Um, I believe I said he wouldn't have more than one, um, but he did get that one rushing touchdown, which is just not surprising for Gus Edwards. Um, but everybody else on Brian's team, no one really else on the bench. I think KJ Osborne going forward is going to be out for a bit. Um, concussion. But like I said, Justin Jefferson's coming back. DeAndre Swift will be back in Brian's lineup too. So we'll see going forward with Brian's team. Anything else you want to touch on? No, I just Chris like Chris Olave needs to be like any semblance of what he's got going. Uh because it seems like I, I don't know, it just seems like we were talking about him in a big matchup with with Trey just a couple of weeks ago, uh, like battling for first place, like six and four right now. Um, you talked about it as he was your 
he was your pick for a team that's going to be sliding as we get towards the end of the year. And it seems like he's doing that. And yeah, I mean, last six weeks, he's two and four. Yeah. And 87 points in this outing, one of the worst of the week. It just seems to be coming a trend for Brian's team. Brian gets the loss. He goes to six and four, fourth place. Team Mercier right behind him, five and five, holding on to the sixth place spot. Law Dogs meet the Robinson matchup of the week. Stinker of the week. The Toilet Bowl, so would call it. Um, not really, though, in terms of points. 132 to 104. Law Dog gets a win. He goes to three and seven, ninth place. Meet the Robinsons. Now is in 10th place. So Law Dogs scraping himself. Yep, scraping his way out. And Phil has a really good team, Jake. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we talked about this every week or so. We kind of question, like, when he had, like, six guys on buys, we were like, why wouldn't you just go out and try to grab some other pieces to try and get a win? You never know. Um, but then I think he threw up, like, 68 points, and we're like, all right, that's classic Phil, just losing another game. And then he drops this performance, and it's a 132, and it's and it's like CJ Stroud turned the ball over three times. That could have had more points. Um and then, you know, even his tight ends, you're looking at five points, six points for each of them. The defense, I don't know why anyone would start the Packers defense, gets one point. And you're looking like you still scored 132. You had potential to be over 150 easy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Phil has got a good team, and he's got Devon A-Chain coming back. Um, and I, I would assume that he's putting him in the flex position because you have to get him in the lineup for that big boom potential. Um and most of his guys have already been on buys. And I, and I think Phil has an outside shot of making some noise to get to the playoffs. He's definitely going to play spoiler um, because he plays both of us uh, these next four weeks. And he also plays, um, you know, he plays a Shane and Nick to, to round out the year. Um, I think there's potential for those two, those last games. Um, if he wins, maybe he can be in a playoff spot by then. But it might knock one of those two teams out of a bye week um, because they are getting that close to the bye week. But, yeah, Phil's got a good squad. You're looking at a Detroit. He's got two guys or three guys in the Lions um, who put up points. That game was a shootout, and he had two players that went off in Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ra. Jamar Chase, I, I didn't get a chance to look at his stats, but I feel like, yeah, five catches for 124 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then Kenneth Walker had a big like 60 yard reception, a little dump off pass that made some nice moves. Um, the Seattle wide receivers made some nice blocks and he took it all the way. So if, yeah, if I were him, I'm not playing anybody else the rest of the year. That's on my bench. I honestly would probably drop every single person on there and try to pick up some other players um, besides maybe a Sam Howell. And you can always keep Trevor Lawrence if you want to just for the name. Um but yeah, I think going forward, Phil's got one where you kind of have to be, you're kind of wondering if perhaps there can be a, a late season charge here. Yeah, it's it takes one win. I mean, it takes a win in what was perceived the toilet matchup for see how well your team performs. And like what you're getting out of CJ Stroud right now is just lightning in a bottle. Uh, we always talk about there's always a team that just gets on a run. And when you've got your next three matchups, um, I would say Arizona's going to be a plus matchup at home that he can start him up next week. Jacksonville at home as well. It's a team that's been reeling as of, as of late. They just put up, they just let 30 up on them from San Francisco. So, and Jameer Gibbs, I think, where, where everyone was just so down on him at the start of the year, 
four straight um, weeks of under seven points. But since then, he's just dominating. Right now, he's a top 15 running back. And I can see that. I can see that top 20, maybe. Maybe whatever we see more of David Montgomery and what, as that team is moving towards the end of the year and hopefully into like solidifying like a game plan for like, uh, for like playoffs and stuff like that, knowing like what does that backfield look in terms of the split? Um, it's it, we're, it's still still need to see what Jameer Gibbs will bring, but the way that he's been running the ball and just and just dominating in terms of the amount of touches that he's having, I I can see us getting more in that top twenty range than that like top forty range that we were getting at the beginning of the year with those under ten point outings. So Phil's got Phil's just got good guys. He's got good guys on like like pretty decent teams. We talked about Baltimore. I know Baltimore is not running, running, running the ball as of late in terms of like Lamar Jackson. Um, last week was just kind of a, a, even though they put up 31 points, it just seemed like a meh game, but like Mark Andrews is like the primary target. He still is. He's mm-hmm. still going to be the, the one that is, is more prone to say 20 points than a five point game. You got, we talked about the lions offense, Kenneth Walker, Seattle, it's still a little bit of a mystery of what type of team they are this year. But um, one thing that's pretty consistent is just their involvement of Kenneth Walker. I know two weeks ago, for some reason, uh, well, in the Baltimore game, they were getting blown out. But um, when he doesn't get the volume, then he's obviously going to struggle. But you look at this past week, 19 carries, and him being that huge, obviously huge one catch that got him that touchdown, but pretty consistent and kind of a guy that can flash. And Phil's just got he's got guys on the right team, guys that can flash. It's just all being able to have it all come together. And weeks like this show, when they do come together, it's a tough team to beat. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's always important for fantasy purposes, to not even to just any sport, um, is really having guys that um, have produ- or guys that are on productive teams when it comes to their offense. So, you know, C.J. Stroud is leading that Houston Texans offense um, very well lately and they're scoring points. And then like you talked about the Detroit lions, they can score um, as many points as, you know, majority of the teams around the league. You're looking at Jamar chase, who of course is on an offense that can score a lot of points. Um, And yeah, some of the other players as well. So Phil definitely has that squad that I think um, has potential to make some noise in these last four weeks. Let's head over to a squad that, most likely won't make any noise for these last four weeks as meet the Robinsons will say, I felt like my predictions were pretty spot on this week because I called the Bijan game and the Bijan game happened. Yeah, it did. It did happen. Thank God that he is so back because, um, the guy just has so much talent and it's so frustrating seeing the type of, um, limited amount of touches that he has gotten last last week 11 last week 11 um you got a touchdown two weeks ago but still this not a guy that it's not a guy that deserves 10 12 13 touches in a game it's 22 it's in a plus matchup against arizona i mean they lost the game but still a plus matchup against them 22 carries 95 yards touchdown the guy is just electric mm-hmm. he's probably just as electric as deontay foreman and <laughs> just seeing that stack at the top right there um yeah, it was a game that it was a game that I think I, I, I was with you that I saw there. Uh DeAndre Hopkins done. 
back to the bench. That's the game. <laughs> I like I mentioned, I I wanted to be optimistic with him, but I knew that this week eight aberration of that thirty four point thirty four point outing is was one of those situations where um it's not hiding the fact that Tennessee is still a bad offense. If mm-hmm. you can't get Derrick Henry going, um, then that you're telling me that this is going to be a turning to a pass team, even with Will Levis. Uh, you mentioned he had a good drive to start uh, in that game, but the wheels fell off in this Tampa Bay team that has been giving up a lot of points lately. So it's not like uh, Tampa was this top end defensive team. And there was still like, this was a tight line in terms of betting. So it's like, game that Vegas thought was going to be a close game, but, and I think it's just be the hype of Will Levis, but this crashing down a moment, DeAndre Hopkins, you can send him right back to the bench. And I don't want anything to do with Calvin Ridley rest of the year. Currently right now, 42nd rank. I don't, I'll keep it short. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even care (laughs) if this was a matchup that, that obviously Jacksonville just got killed three to 34, but all in all two, Two catches, three targets, like so varied. Three targets, 10, 4, 8, 2. I don't want anything to do with them on a starting lineup. Yeah. And this is so Blake and I chatted a little bit before, um, before we jumped on and we were talking about how great a Shane did at drafting wide receivers, <coughs> excuse me, and how he had three wide receivers essentially that he drafted in the top uh, five. He had drafted AJ Brown, he drafted Keenan, and he had drafted CD. Um, I believe those three were his first, um, or actually, no, Christian was his first pick. So, uh, yeah, C Mac being the first pick, and then the next three picks after that were those three wide receivers, and they have been top five wide receivers this entire fantasy season. Now, I made that trade with a Shane, um, and you know, have AJ Brown on my squad, but this is the complete opposite. Um, because you're looking at three guys that really, and I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins, he wasn't drafted as high as these other ones. He was drafted in the sixth round, but DK Metcalf drafted in the third round and Calvin Ridley drafted in the fourth round, I believe. Yeah. Fourth round by, uh, Phillips has been the complete opposite. Uh, DK is the 37th ranked wide receiver. Um, Calvin is the 42nd. And you're looking at DeAndre, if it wasn't for that week, right now he's a 26th rank, but if, if it wasn't for that week, he would be right around both DK and Calvin in the 40th range. So just complete opposite, just not the best draft year by Phillips. And I will say, I feel like after the draft, even he himself said yeah, um, he wasn't about it. He was not happy with his team. He just kind of felt like the draft was, you know, kind of came and wasn't really sure on some of these picks. And that happens worse. Yeah, it really does. Cause you start questioning. And I will say, it sucks right right off the bat. He had Nick Chubb, who got hurt in, I think, the second week of the season. Um, and, you know, after your second round pick gets hurt, you, you can't help but feel just, you know, kind of useless the rest of the year. You're just like, great. Like, the guy that I like has been healthy his entire career has been a touchdown machine. Um, and when you had him last year and you loved Nick Chubb, um, he is just a great guy to have in fantasy, gets hurt. And you're like, great. Now I don't have that number one running back. Um, so, yeah, I, I think going forward, Phillips, I think he had a, a win <clears throat> a couple weeks ago where he had he put up some good numbers. Um, but this is just a team that's very just kind of uninspiring. I'm looking ahead at his, his lineup for next week. 
and he's he both DK and Calvin are playing, he has them on the bench because he's like, I've had enough of these guys. Um, yeah. I, I can't, I can't start them anymore. So I don't blame him. Um, and it's not like, it's not like he has great options anyway, but, um, I get it. I completely understand that, you know, just having them, um, you know, isn't going to do much good for him like anymore. Like when it comes, I'd rather to lose, I'd rather lose without them than lose with them. hundred like, percent. I mean, that's what I'm kind of going with Tony Pollard right now. It's just like, yeah, you know what? Let me try to hit Jerome Ford instead. And if I hit on Jerome Ford, great. That's awesome. If I win with him, that's a great call by me. But if I lose because Jerome Ford, who's gotten like 10 to 15 points the last few weeks and Tony Pollard's got me seven points. And of course, if they flip and I lose, then so be it. Because like, I can't can't go through those losing weeks with Tony Pollard anymore. Yeah, and there's been a lot of losing in this matchup. Both teams are now three and seven, but Phil, like I mentioned, ninth place, 